millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles the rich and uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. Greetings, Trashlings, and welcome back to a bonus mini-sode of Space Trash. Lifestyles of the rich, your famous Uranus, and breaking up. We're going to talk about different Scorpio season musings for about 20 minutes. So if you want to hear immediately about the alleged John Mulaney and Olivia Munn breakup, just fast forward about 25, 30 minutes, I would say, right? Yeah, and otherwise, stay tuned, because in college, I was a little bit of a slut. (laughs) Perfect. This is the first breakup of Scorpio season. We love to see it. Do you think Scorpio season is a very breakup time of month? Because it's actually the start of cuffing season, so you would think that it wasn't. Well, it's kind of interesting because on the one hand, Scorpio is about merging together. On the other hand, it's about purging. So it's kind of like whatever is happening behind closed doors is either com- coming to the forefront to be exposed, to be released, or is not being talked about because it's so naughty. Right. Also, Halloween is this weekend. Everyone wants to hoe it up and dress like a Tatiana. So. Right, right. I sort of feel like cuffing season starts right after this because this is out when we're like, you know, I don't know. And maybe this is a departure, but what do you have like any particular slutty Halloween story? I, I know my sluttiest Halloween moment. Do you have a slutty Halloween moment? One time I dressed as Barbarella and only gay men knew what I was. <laughs> That's um, how did you dress? What did you wear? Oh my God, it was so cute. I was like really in, I was in peak form. Like my hair was really long. I was in great shape. I made it out of, I got this really shitty free burlap Victoria's Secret tote bag with a purchase and I turned it into a cape and I wore little shorts. Dude, it was so cute. I'll, I'll send you a picture. I love that no one knew who you were though. So did you have to like say it at every part? I'm Barbarella. Well, the lucky thing was I went to a party that was all gay guys. So like no one straight knew who I was, but like every time I walked by the gay guys, they'd be like, Barbarella, like they knew. And I was like, yes. That's huge, dude. What's, thank you. What's your slutty Halloween story? Well, I want to say, you know, everybody who knows me knows this, but I actually refuse to participate in dressing up on Halloween. I feel that it's, yeah, I don't do it. That's I don't do it. Shocking. That's shocking. No, I sort of feel that as like a as someone who is sort of like performing all the time. It's like to me it's like for the people that are like I'm shy. But this is not a judgment of you if you do Halloween, but it's like I'm shy. Today's my day to dress. It's like I don't need Halloween to let, to have me be a slut, okay? And I don't need Halloween to to be where I'm like I'm this. It's like I walk around all day doing theater, right? So for me, it's I like to keep it a little more low key. I always pretty much go as like black licorice, you know. You're kind okay. That's wow, but 
We'll come back to that. You're sort of gatekeeping being performative and dressing like a hoe. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying, I've been doing this all year long. Don't appropriate my culture. 100, 100%. How it's also why I don't really like karaoke because I'm like, you either sing or you don't. Karaoke is bullshit. How and why do you dress like black licorice? You just wear like a black turtleneck and some black leggings and black sneakers. I don't know. Maybe a black headband. Okay. But it doesn't stop me from being slutty on Halloween. I guess is really my point. And now I want to say it's been many moons since I've been slutty on Halloween because I've been so wifed up, you know, pretty much my whole life. But one Halloween, my freshman year of college, I was dressed as black licorice as per usual. But I, um, I, well, I don't even know. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll edit it. But it's like, okay, so I basically got caught giving a guy a hand job in the bench, on the bench in front of the freshman dormitory building. Then when we got caught, I don't know, I was just wasted. I don't know why I didn't think we were going to get caught because I was just fucking rubbing his dick in public. Did you not but, have a dorm you could go to? Um, I don't know why we I guess we had oh at that point it was because it was all the beds were lofted and he was huge you know I like a big man so he was uh you know he was one of the hockey players he was like very very tall and then I took him down to the athletic field and took his virginity <gasps> he was like a hot giant hockey player virgin that's your type I have to say <laughs> isn't it so it literally is my type like, and uh, virginal really hot big go- jock it, you're the jock whisperer but you're like the virgin jock whisperer oh i like i literally am and uh well because yeah i don't know i won't get into why but i will just say that we went to the athletic field and i actually didn't know that i was taking his virginity i just thought we'd been flirting since orientation and here we are in this slutty holiday and we got drunk and then i i just started jerking him off in the and i i imagine I only found out he was a virgin after the fact. So I imagine while I was jerking him off in front of the building, he also was probably having some kind of a panic attack, like didn't know what to do. You know, just I don't think anyone really is such He's a dick. like, I'm committing a felony by accident. What was he dressed as? Um, I actually don't think, I think maybe we bonded on the fact that he was just like preppy, you know? He was like wearing a preppy outfit, which I think is what he wore anyway. But we went down to the athletic field. I brought my friend Lexi. We sucked his dick together. And what? then I sent her away, fucked him on the athletic field, and woke up in the next woke up the next morning in my lofted bed, covered in dirt. And I was like, whoa, what last night was wild, right? Then a week and we didn't really talk after that. It was kind of weird. And then a week later, he asked me to get an AIDS test. He was like, Look, I'm feeling kind of sick. And I have to be honest. He said, I have to be honest. I'm feeling kind of sick. And that was the first time I've ever done that before. And I said, what? Like, have sex outside or have sex on the field? And he said, no, have sex. And I was like, he's like, so I'm going in to get all the tests. Like, I think you should too. And just like, let me know. And I'm like, okay. So we went and we got tested for everything at that point. Crispy, crystal clean. And uh, so I didn't give him AIDS, but I did give him a story. And then the really funny thing is this guy, Noah, Wait, I, I, I love that he thought it was an STD and not just, like, pneumonia yeah. from having sex in right. a field. We're in Boston. It was freezing. <laughs> Stupid idiot. That's why he hasn't been fucking, because he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know what's going on. But then the funny thing, too, is right afterwards, um, there was this rumor spread about me that I gave a hand job in front of Claflin, the, <laughs> the dorm. 
Why is that even a rumor in college? Like we are all giving hand jobs to because everyone, you know what? Everyone. You'd be surprised, but Boston U- Boston University is a surprisingly prudish school. Mm, I believe that. You know, I was very. It's a it's a private school. I'm public school. You know, mm. and uh, there was this rumor spread, and then my best friend Haley, Haley, if you're listening, thank you. She went on a tirade, like, "How dare he? Like, it's not true." And then he wrote me this like real sincere apology. Like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I saw. I mean, I, I wasn't like just jerking him off. I was straddling him and kind of secretly like between us jerking him off. But it was it was pretty naughty. And uh, then years later, I came back and I apologized to him. And I said, Noah, I am so sorry. I was doing what you told people I was doing. And, you know, I didn't like the the story about me. I tend to be more of a, in terms of reputation, I, I, I am a nice girl. I mean, you know. I'm wifeable. I'm, I'm a, you know, I always had boyfriends. I didn't want anybody knowing this about me. I was on the hunt for my next long-term boyfriend, which I found. He also was extremely, he was funny because when I first started dating him, not only had he never come from having sex, which I was like, I will handle that, but he also never had sex without his shirt on. And so um, I actually got him to take his shirt off and it was because he had um, a nipple hair problem. <laughs> what? What is a nipple hair problem? Is it just nipple hair? Like every man out. has a every man has a nipple hair problem. You it's didn't have nipples too damn hairy. <laughs> well, he didn't have a lot of like chest hair, but he had like a lot of nipple hair, which was like kind of odd. And then I guess he, when we when I finally got his shirt off, he had shaved it, so it sort of was like sort of like these chia pet nipples. And uh, but anyway, I did okay, get him to okay. Come. Wait, wait, wait. Also, and that's the end of the story. <laughs> This is just proof that Boston is not a real city because (laughs) in a real major city, like a 19 year old boy and girl grinding on each other on a bench is not like headline news for the entire town, you know? As somebody coming from partying in New York high school, I, I was shocked that this was even newsworthy. Boston is pretend. Yeah, it's it's just a completely like, uh, what's the word? Puritanical. It's like that's like they're Democrats, but they're conservative. Oh, totally. So I must have a slutty Halloween story uh, uh, along those lines. I want to appeal to all of my friends that are listening to let hey, me know on, if you slut. remember one. Yeah, but I also want to share that I, um, I would like to share that in third grade, I dressed up as a tea bag. <laughs> That was like slutty, but you didn't even know it. Right. And like, <laughs> if anyone knows my mom, like there's no way my mom didn't know what it, what teabagging was. How did you dress as a teabag? My mom. Two so balls? No. No, my, my mom had a job always throughout my childhood. This was the one year that she was work from home, stay at home mom. So she was climbing up the walls. She was going stir crazy. She reupholstered everything in our house. She, this was the one time that I had like a homemade Halloween costume that wasn't just like a witch hat and, you know, and like a a felt with a whole neck hole cut in. So this was my one like elaborate homemade parade float ass Halloween costume. (laughs) And my mom made it because my mom loved tea. My aunts loved tea. It was like a big fake thing in our family. Like everyone loves tea. And I mean, not to make it, you know, too about me, but it's, you know, Boston is home of the big tea party. So there's sort of a connection there. That is a connection. So yeah, I was a tea bag. I'll post a photo. I post the photos every year. 
You know what it kind of is like, though? It's like, you know, when you watch as an adult, when you watch like children's things again, and you're like, oh, my God, this is like low key sort of naughty. It's like when it's like kids stuff, but it's like for the adults, too. I feel like that was your mom making that tea bag where she was like, <laughs> like right. her and her girlfriends were like, but Molly's a tea bag. Molly's a tea bag. But then it was like, Molly's a tea bag. It was really nice, though. I'm very thankful that she made that for me. It's a good so, memory. I guess you're not doing anything for Halloween this weekend. No, I'm going to I'm gonna hide inside with my kitty friend. Okay. I'm tr- – well, I'm probably going to be doing the same thing because I'm having a party and no one wants to come. Why? Why does, well, I would go to your party. That's like one of the only things I could see myself doing. I just, like, invited everyone and no one has said they're coming yet. A lot of people are going away this weekend because I guess it's one of those weekends in Europe where it's still warm enough when you go below a certain – like latitude Mm -hmm. so I guess a lot of people are going away and then also some of my friends are having a party on Friday night and I think everyone's going to be too hungover from that party to come to our party on Saturday so it's really going to be like me Nick Oscar and this other dog that we're dog sitting and we're dressing up (laughs) okay well if you want to go on IG live or something or like do a zoom like I'll party with you guys I just am not I'm just in the United States okay cool and any London listeners you're probably invited DM me if you don't have plans on Saturday, if you'll dress up. Because British people also don't like Halloween. Like, in Europe, they don't really do Halloween. So, like, no one ever dresses up. And hmm. I think I think if I had just said to everybody, come over on Saturday night, everyone would be coming. But because I said it's a Halloween party, like, that's not really, like, a thing that adults do in on this continent. Yeah, maybe – or maybe there's just been like so much, you know, they know that you're American. They know what happens. Like I remember even in like the fifth grade when there was a Halloween party, that was like the first time everyone played like seven minutes in the closet, whatever that game seven was called. Yeah. And we all learned the Aaliyah, are you that somebody dance? And like people were twerking on the floor without even knowing what it was. You know what I mean? Like, so I just feel like maybe they're afraid of how naughty it gets in America. And they're like, we're not going to the American's house. No, I think it's just like they really aren't that into individualism. And I think Halloween is (laughs) is the night that you say, like, this is my personal brand. I'm sticking a flag in Barbarella or I'm sticking a flag in being a teabag or I'm sticking a flag. I was I, Tanya, last time I did it uh, in the UK. Oh, my God. I'll send you a picture. That was really good. It was homemade. It was so good. So, like, they I think it just gives them agita to be like, oh, I have to, like, choose a direction and go for it. You know, like they're they're really they can't deal with that. They have yeah. It's, no, that it's makes so much sense. Tall poppy syndrome. Say it again. It's part of their tall poppy syndrome. That, that what does tall poppy have. syndrome mean? It's when there's one poppy that's tall and they want to cut it down so that it's the same height. It's like crabs in a bucket. That's another name for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like what you're saying makes so much sense because as American, but as like it's like I'm planting a flag every Halloween on like I am Halloween motherfuckers. I, I don't need a holiday to be a slut. I don't need a holiday to have a personality. I don't need a holiday to be a witch. I th- yeah. it me baby. But since I was a kid, like I think at one point, like when I was a kid, yeah, like had to dress up. Um, I was like a senorita one year, and then like I got a oh, turtle racist. costume. What'd you say? Well, now it's racist, but I, it also looks. <laughs> a lot. I actually think it was like pre dance emoji. It looked just like the dancer emoji. But um, I was Esmeralda from Hunchback of Notre Dame one year, which is also racist now because it's a gypsy. Those are the good days. But, you know, I yeah, what was funny. So I ended up with a turtle costume. My brother was a Ninja Turtle one year. And then if I was like forced to be anything, I would just wear the turtle costume with my tap shoes and people would be like, what are you? And I'd be like a tap dancing turtle. Okay, but like for some people, that's the cleverest they are all year. I hate that shit. I have no time for that shit. That was you phoning it in. Wow, I learned something new about you today. Real quick before we get into the news of the day, 
Um, I did a really great journal exercise this morning that I, <laughs> that I came up with on the spot. And so first I did a happiness meditation that was 15 minutes long on the Peloton app. The Peloton meditations are way better than you would think they would be. So I did a 15 minute happiness meditation. And then I opened my morning pages journal that I do every morning. Usually I try to write things. I'll write a little bit what's bothering me. Mostly I'll write positive things. Like I actually am talented. Like people, everyone doesn't hate me. (laughs) That's good. But today, for some reason, the spirit of Scorpio and Halloween took over me. And I wrote four pages, just things I hate about people. (laughs) I hate this person for doing this to me in 1993. I hate this person for doing this to me in 2004. Like, I went off because I did the happiness meditation beforehand. It was like a healthy hatred. It was like, it's okay that I hate these people for doing these things. It doesn't mean that I am a hateful person. It doesn't mean that I hate them in general because the the happiness, happiness meditation that I did, it was all about like, you have an inner core that is full of joy. And the only thing that stops that from being you 24 seven is all of the dumb shit that happens around you. So basically these pages I was writing, it was like, this is the dumb shit that's happened around me that stopped me from being this inner happy core. And it made me so happy to just like purge it out and exercise those demons and be like, I hate this bitch. I hate this asshole. Like, (laughs) oh my God, it was amazing. And now I'm not mad at anyone. anyone. Because you had been like carrying it within you all this time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like purge it out. Yes. Because my mom always tells me like, she's always like, you never get mad. Like when someone actually does something to hurt you, you never actually get mad about it. You get sad. You, you try to make them feel better. You try to make yourself feel better. You never get mad. So I was like, I'm happy, but I'm going to get mad at the things I need to get mad about. No, it's almost like I'm happy to, I'm happy to get mad. Exactly. And now I felt like, oh my God, this weight was lifted. So everyone try that. Happiness meditation, journal about whose guts you fucking hate and why. And you're going to, it'll, it'll just lift it all. It's amazing. And from a coaching perspective, what I would just say is if after you write your list of everything you hate about everybody, if you're still feeling a little bit, uh, you know, just dripping, dripping with vitriol or whatever and it's not really where you want to start your day throw on a forgiveness meditation Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. john mulaney and olivia munn have maybe broken up mon 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 now our episode about them getting together and about their the resultant pregnancy uh that was only a month ago can you believe that that was in september it's actually shocking that right. that's that's the biggest news of the pod so far. Wow, time flies when you're having fun podcasting. That was September. And that's crazy. October 25th. Uh and so so what happened first was Dumois. Now this is very Scorpio season because this is it's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I was thinking Right? Like, coming back. A month ago, back. our original episode about this is 
somehow, inexplicably, the first time Sarah learned about Dumois. Changed my life. Yeah, and now you know about Dumois. So oh, I know about Dumois. I'm fucking looking every day. It is like it is one of the greatest joys of my last month. Yeah, it's very fun. So the message on Dumois three days ago. Subject: Baby time. Message: I've heard recently from a. I've heard recently from a fairly reliable source that this BC list celebrity and her baby daddy, I know, so funny, A list comedian, have recently called it quits. Source is a friend who works in publicity, so make of that what you will. But she heard they're not attempting to fake the relationship for the public, but won't be announcing either. So, a couple days later, Us Weekly. If Us Weekly is publishing it, it's reliable. So Us Weekly says, John Mulaney and Olivia Munn's romance faces, quote, uncertainty amid pregnancy. It's, quote, an imperfect relationship. An unknown future. They're accepting their, expecting their first child together, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this has been an imperfect relationship from the start, the source exclusively tells us. The source must listen to space trash podcast lifestyles of the rich and or fucking anus, right? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Like, we've been saying that. Uh, Even though Olivia is going to be a wonderful mother and has great support behind her, Olivia's friends just don't see these two being a couple in a year's time. The source notes, masterful to blame it on the friends. Olivia is still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but her friends don't think they're going to be a couple in a year's time. I have a question about that as a journalist. I'm always really curious when magazines say that kind of thing. Like, friends say, sources say, it's like, what friend? That's not a friend. You know what I mean? Like, like... Is it somebody like calling us weekly being like, yo, hot tip? Like, and like, why would somebody do that? Here's what it usually is. It's usually either the magazine's publicist or a dueling publicist who's brokering the information for favors. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? So the reason why this has hit us weekly is probably because it hit Demois. So now people are whispering about it and someone said, look, we got to get something out there. So this to me sounds like someone in Olivia's camp. Uh, Of course, I don't actually know, but this to me sounds like someone in Olivia's camp saying, look, yeah, they don't know. They're not sure. I'm getting ahead of the story so that there's not tons and tons of speculation. Um, But then of course, the other side of the coin of who it could be whenever this, something like this happens is, do you remember um, the Wagatha Christie story from last year? No, but I like it already. Wagatha Christie's funny. That's so my kind of humor, stupid. I know. So so there are wags in the UK, wives and girlfriends of usually footballers, sometimes rugby. Like Victoria Beckham started it. You can listen back to an archival episode of Diva Behavior with Vix Layton all about the wags. It's a very good episode. It's The wags are one of my favorite topics. But so um, there's this one named... Colleen Rooney, she's sort of one of their ringleaders. Like she's a de facto, like mama bear of the wags. She's very highly respected. There's sort of a younger upstart named Rebecca Vardy. Colleen Rooney felt that someone was leaking stories about her to the press. So she started posting things on her Instagram close friends account um, and seeing if it got leaked. And one by one, she was removing everyone except for one person at a time to her close friends. And then she finally 
saw that the one thing that gets leaked, it was the one when Rebecca Vardy's account was the only one with access to her Instagram. So she posted this really dramatic Instagram post and the ending was like, it's dot, 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 Rebecca Vardy's account. And it went viral. It was like the biggest, it was really funny and hilarious. I love shit like that. And that is so something I would do. Like that's where I'm a really good detective. Scorpio energy, right? Oh yeah. That is full on Scorpio. Sniff out. Sniff out. Sniff it out. The betrayer. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, so that's the thing. It's usually with whoever's talking, whenever you see a source, a friend, it's either their publicist or one of their actual friends, like famously Meghan Markle authorized six of her friends to speak to People Magazine on her behalf a couple years ago. And like everyone knew who they were. It was like, a professional athlete and the, and it was like, duh, Serena Williams. And like, you knew who all the people were, but they were, they all spoke without giving their names. It's always either a friend or a foe who's brokering the information. Do you know so what in I'm saying? Case, like, Cause like, why would Olivia Munn want th- Like, I feel like Olivia Munn would not want this information out there. Because if she doesn't get ahead of the story, then something worse could come out. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or- okay. Right. So she's saying, all right, all right, tell them we're not sure of the future of the relationship. Right. Or this could be like, let's say, you know, who's a free, who's a famous person? Let's pretend that it's Jessica Simpson's PR people. Let's pretend, let's pretend Jessica Simpson and Olivia Munn run in the same circles. And let's pretend Us Weekly has a bombshell about Jessica Simpson that they really want to drop. And then Jessica Simpson's people say, no, 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 no. Wait, we've got the inside scoop on the Munn and Mulaney situation. And Us Weekly, Us Weekly's like, okay. Or Us Weekly, they owe Us Weekly a favor. Like they all traffic in information, all of the publicists and all of the reporters, you know? I like remember this from Entourage. Like this now is making me think like an Entourage where you would see like, yeah, like the behind the scenes dealings of, it's also why like if you talk to anybody close to like the Epstein case or anybody that knows about, like part of why they would say that people knew but didn't say anything, it was actually that like, you know, like governments were blackmailing people and like sending them to the house and then keeping them mum <laughs> because of like you know it was like a, it basically was a way to blackmail people yeah so yeah there's always that kind of thing going on like tmz notoriously has like a vault where they keep a lot of crazy videos and stuff that no one wants to the world to see you know what i mean like that's why tmz gets scoops they get crazy ass scoops of the kardashians especially kanye justin bieber and like the the going theory in the industry is that tmz has dirt on all of them and that's why like you see on the show on keeping up with the kardashians you see it where like someone from tmz will call and the kardashians will be like okay tmz has it so we have to answer we have to tell the truth And like, but that also might be because like them being in TMZ legitimizes them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's such a game of chess. And like, I honestly feel like the reason why I didn't succeed in that world is because it's really hard for me to, to do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like you have a lot of integrity, Molly. It's one of my favorite things I've discovered about you during recording of this podcast. Thank you. But it's true. Like I would, if, if I, but I am right. That's why one of the big projects I've been working on for years is like a novel that deals with all that kind of stuff. That would be great. Yeah. Like I find it really fascinating, but I could never engage in it myself because like, 
Because you're just I, actually I, like a good person. I, I also just can't lie. Like when I try to lie to someone, I just know that it's not going to work. You know what I mean? And like, and it's not that the reporters are lying. It's just that the reporters have to know how to say, okay, well, I have this. So you have to give me that. Like I would never, ever, ever be able to do that just because I'm a baby, really. Well, it's also just like the currency of other people's secrets is so shady. It's like that is bad vibes. Right. And well, I mean, if it's with politicians, it's one thing. Mm -hmm. If it's with celebrities, it's like, you know, it's it's debatable whether the public really has a right to know. I mean, I think the public does have a right to know about any elite, anyone who's making absurd amounts of money for sure. But like, yeah, it is a slippery slope for sure. One narrative that always gets pushed around whenever anything about them comes out is all these people saying, why do we have a parasocial relationship with John Mulaney? Like, just let it go. Stop talking about him. Stop talking about his personal life. It's nobody's business. And it's so strange to me that this is like, I don't know why people think that John Mulaney is the one celebrity who has like all this integrity that we shouldn't gossip about him. Like we gossip about everybody, first of all. Second of all, I think the reason why people are interested in this is because his whole persona, you you called him on the last episode, what was it, kid baby and like backyard kid. Some, his whole like kid gorgeous persona is very like, wow, I'm just leave it to beaver. And then in real life, the the rumors are like very dark about what he gets up to. So I think that's why people are interested in this. And I think it's like, you know, we all have parasocial relationships. I have a parasocial relationship with my dog. Like my dog doesn't know what my name is. I mean, I I, I stole a cat. I get it. Exactly. Like, we all have parasocial relationships with everything. Like, you have a parasocial relationship with Squid Game if you're watching it. And what a parasocial relationship is, is, like, you act like you know the person or the entity or the character or the celebrity or the dog or the stolen cat in a way that you couldn't possibly know. So... I don't know. What, why do you think people get so skittish about gossiping about John Mulaney? And I mean, they don't give a shit. People, this is the funny thing also is people don't give a shit about gossiping about Livia Munn because there is an overtone of sexism throughout it. But for some reason, they think John Mulaney is untouchable. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that John Mulaney has a few things. I think, first of all, because he's had such a like storied uh, comedy career. I mean, to be the head writer of SNL when he was like in his tw- early 20s is pretty remarkable. So I think a lot of the like comedians have his back. I think a lot of industry has his back. I also think that when it comes to comedians, and you can see even even he, there was a, an article I read that said that like uh, somebody saw him doing comedy a month ago or so and that or I guess a few weeks ago, and they were, and he was saying like, everyone already hates my baby. Everyone already, maybe we even talked about it, but it's like, already, everybody already hates this baby. So I think that like, oh, I didn't know about that. That's really yeah. sad. Well, you know, he's it's a good, it's a good joke in a way though, because he, it's like when you think about comedians doing good work, a lot of times it is getting ahead of the things that people are going to say or saying the thing that is like, you know, overarchingly true or or That's sort of like- commenting on. Bro, everyone, if anyone hates anyone, it's they hate you and Olivia Munn. Like, they don't, like, they feel right, bad for right. your baby because your baby's caught in this mess that, like, right. you guys were publicly together expecting for a month. It's so bad. And I am not happy for anyone's 
I am never like happy about bad news. I'm a not, I'm a lover, not a hater, but I will say on behalf of Jewess, uh, Gemini queen, Olivia, uh, Anne Marie Tendler, who I now follow and really like, and I do think my prediction is right about her, which is this is going to be the best thing that ever happened in her fucking life. Ex-wife, his ex-wife. Ex-wife. I am happy for her. I'm, I'm sure she's looking at these, these magazines grinning, overwhelmed with glee. Like, fuck you, you motherfucker. Didn't want kids. Now is having a baby with your secret celebrity sliding into your DMs and it not gonna work. And I think she's also probably like, no shit, Olivia. I was putting up with him all the time. You know, I've, I've been in breakups where like, somebody started dating somebody like right after and I've been like, good riddance. Like, thank you for taking him off my hands. Good luck, kiddo. Right, exactly. And yeah, I guess it is people do feel just attached to him because they love his work, which is really honorable and noble and everything. Well, I think until now, his work has been so squeaky clean. Like he's been so like the nice guy dressed up like a 50s guy talking about, you know, the, the avenues and the and the trees and the, and the bushes. And it's like, and you too know, much tuna. Too much Tona as like a whole bit. That's why the, the article was saying that like this was a, a different side of John Mulaney on stage. And it was almost like he was trying to show a different side of him because the article was speculating that that he was annoyed at all of the specifically younger people talking shit about him because he, they have a certain image of him where he kind of wanted to expose like, I'm not who you think I am. And it's like, whether you do the jokes or not, John, we now know that you're not who we think you were. Uh, all those jokes about your wife, you know, it, you weren't telling us the whole truth. And But I think now he is trying to own a more, um, you know, a more bad boy image, again, to get ahead of what I think he thinks people are thinking anyway. I think that's cool of him, honestly. I think if he, if he came back and was like, now I'm the 50s house husband, but with a new gal, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. But if he's going to start being honest, then hell yeah, I'm so down with that. Because we talked about this in the last episode. We both were like, we never really bought his shtick. And and if, he's, if his new shtick is going to be, hey, uh, I'm fucked up, then... I'm down for that. I think that's way more interesting and way more entertaining. And like, I would salute him for that. Like, bring it. I'm not going to mention it, but I hope that he gets into that hot goss I shared with you publicly so that now then we can really goss publicly. But that's some goss. Oh, yeah. That's enough about that. So John is emerging during Scorpio season. He's he's emerging as his true self. When did Scorpio season begin? Two, three days ago? Yeah, and like the, 20, the 23rd. Yeah, and right now is the 25th because my Brussels sprouts went bad on the 25th, so I ate them today. So <laughs> can you tell us, remind us, what aspects of Scorpio does John have in his chart? So John is a uh, Jupiter in Scorpio a Mars in Scorpio, and a Ceres, the mother asteroid in Scorpio. Jupiter, Mars, and Ceres. Yes, and this makes perfect sense because, you know, his Jupiter is the earliest of the planets, right? That's 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 like things exploding. That's abundance. That's growth. So the sun is moving, and the sun and Mars are moving. He's coming up on a Mars return. The sun and Mars are moving into Scorpio, and the first thing we see is this what should have been under wraps, what they tried to keep under wraps news starting to explode. And it's interesting because his Chiron is in Taurus, meaning in the opposite sign. So it's sort of like, you know, there's a tension between the minute Scorpio season starts, there's going to be a tension between 
you know, uh, what we're, what he is trying to hide versus that ultimate wound that he contains in his chart, which is around his security, his stability, his personhood, his physicality, his, his safety, how, you know, how safe of a guy he is. Okay. Rewind. Because that's so interesting. And I just want to make sure people understand. So Scorpio season, there's a lot in charts where it's the opposite end of the pie or the clock or whatever you want to call it. Right. The chart works in duality. So everything. So like, for example, this is a good note and you can cut if it's bad, but every wherever the sun is, is the opposite of where the earth is at any given time. So when we're in Scorpio season, the sun is illuminating what's going on on earth, which is now in Taurus. Okay. So his Chiron is in Taurus. His Chiron is his deep primitive wound. Taurus is home comfort, like decadence, which obviously has a huge issue with. And, and values. It's, it's specifically like values, money, security, safety. And also really interesting because his money is directly uh, opposing his values. Like he's making money being a comic and he's apparently spending that money on like fucked up shit allegedly in the past. Mm-hmm. And like... Yeah, I I think this is really interesting. And now the other piece too. So it's so as Jupiter is in Scorpio first, so this news and and you know remember the nodes are still in Gemini Sagittarius. So any of that final like news that needs to come out about our neighbors or the way that we you know the way that we uh, identify storylines and the way that we identify people within the community and within our lives and within the media and within the news is all it's still not done. We're at two degrees north node in Gemini. So it's like he couldn't get, he's not going to slip out of this period without the other side of the story being exposed or another side being exposed. So after, uh, so Scorpio, the sun just moved into Scorpio. He has his Jupiter, then he has his Mars. Mars in Scorpio, he is an erotic, kinky, you know, when, what he, what he does is very behind the scenes and what he, what, what, motivates him what stirs him up what gets him out of bed what gets his dick hard what gets him fighting is scorpionic in nature so it is sort of uh private erotic fantasy or having a secret girlfriend or millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know trying to get ahead of news or having a drug problem. These are all very Scorpio and Mars things. And then we have the asteroid Ceres, which is the mother asteroid. It's the asteroid of nurturing and the harvest and sort of... So it's like even the part of him that is going to become a father, the nurturer in his chart, is in Scorpio. So it's kind of like... It's like 
kind of dark. It's like a little bit behind closed doors, a little bit, uh, how do I put it? It's just dark. It's like he's, if, if there's a, and his north node, his purpose is in cancer, but the actual mothering in his chart, like he's meant to learn to be more maternal, meant to learn to become more of a nurturer, more of a caretaker. But his chart is is not a natural nurturer or caretaker. Yeah, it makes sense that Ceres would be in Scorpio for him because it's like if he is going to be a parent, it's going to be in a weird roundabout way. Like he, it's going to be in a, and it's going to be like like someone's going to get hurt in the process, and like. like it's going to be, it's going to happen. That's why we're like speculating, like, did she get pregnant way before this? You know? Um, so, I mean, there's, I've even read reports. So I was researching this right before this while I was in the pool waiting for you. And it's like, there's a few articles that are out that are totally not credible at all. But it's like, people are saying like, she actually had the baby. Like part of why this news is coming out now is because like the baby had been born, which I don't know. If, I don't think that's true, but. It is this, it's an interesting take, which is that like everybody sort of, I think across the board agrees that this pregnancy happened before they said, whoops, we're pregnant. Right. I mean, we saw the photos when he announced it in September, like. He was hella pregnant. Right. And she didn't look big enough that it would have been out by now, but also like you just never know because, you know, babies come early and stuff like that. And yeah, I think it's really interesting how everything is so murky with them even down to the fact what we talked about in the last episode as well the fact that she's five four and he's six feet tall because if you had asked me i would have said it was the other way around i would have said there is nothing worse than a tall guy with short guy like it's not like we don't see him it's like we he's out there performing and he just seems little he seems five eight he he, he seems so petite yeah and she has she actually does have big dick energy like he has big tall dick energy yeah, she does. Like, she she is not like the other girls, but that's probably why she has big dick energy. Mm-hmm. So I want to, can we, before we go into the, oh, what were you going to say? Well, I want to say one other thing about John's chart that's really interesting to me at the moment, which is that this, so the North Node is at two degrees Gemini. The South Node is at two degrees Sagittarius. He's a Sagittarius moon in the early degrees. He also has his Uranus, the planet of whoop, fast change, like lightning bolt. Now everything's different, like, like slip and fall, right? He has that at zero degrees Sagittarius. So the south node is creeping toward his Uranus, where it's very likely that the, it's like sort of there's like this washout. It's almost like a take backsies of that thing that we thought he did. Okay. What are his big three? Can you just say? So we don't know what his rising is. There's no time. But he is a Virgo sun, mm-hmm. Virgo Mercury, Sagittarius moon. Okay. So the fact that he's a Virgo sun makes a lot of sense to me because, like, I'm sure he sanctioned this. If this statement came from Olivia's camp, which obviously we don't know. But if it did, it would make – she would have had to clear it with him and it would make sense that he would sanction this just to be like, yeah, I want to – because like we said in the last episode, he likes to control the narrative. Sagittarius moon makes a lot of sense to me because moon is emotion and Sagittarius is impossible to pin down. They're just flitting all over the place. Well, and Sagittarius is what makes you feel safe. And so for him, what makes him feel safe actually is what makes you feel safe. Mm -hmm. The moon is what makes you feel safe. So he actually needs freedom to feel safe. So actually like Olivia Mm -hmm. played her cards right to a certain degree, locking the guy that she's been wanting the whole time in, but she didn't know who she was messing with because the more you lock this guy in, the more, especially because his, his moon is right there with his Uranus. He wants to be able to be like, I'm out. 
that's why he loves doing drugs because he's like, you know what? I'm just going to escape this reality for a minute. The other really fascinating thing. Again, same, same. Same. Oh, yeah. No judges. But asteroids. So I, I plugged in some of the asteroids because, you know, I really like to do the deep dives of the asteroids. He has asteroid lie exactly conjunct his son. What? Asteroid lie. Liar. Lies on his son. Now, what, the only reason I think this is so fascinating is because I would also say, like, looking at this chart, okay, uh, Scorpio sun, Sagittarius moon, he gives a big shit. I said this before. He gives a big shit about controlling the narrative. These are two extremely um, sort of proud, mercurial, I want to be the smartest in the... Isn't that the name of his special, the smartest guy in the room? Maybe. That's like an astrologer told him that once. And he was like, oh, that's going to be the name of my special. Because that's like what this chart, he's, he cares about being the smartest guy in the room. But when you have lie conjunct your son, you know who else had that? Our girl, Elizabeth Holmes. It's like lie conjunct oh. your son means that on some level, you bullshit. Wow. And I would say to listeners, get a reading from Sarah to find out if lie is conjunct your son and if everyone knows that you're full of shit. Well, the, yeah, well, I'll get into the asteroids later, but like, there's a lot of fun asteroid stuff. So I want to go into our predictions that we made last time around because it's really fun. Oh my God. What did we say? What did we say? Okay. So you said, I think they have a shot because of Gemini and her chart. She'd be down for him creeping around. They might be able to fuck around and find out together, become swingers, hire prostitutes, get into freaky shit, <laughs> etc. Of course, what we mean is sex workers. I stand by that. Yes. Uh, and this is my prediction, which I am so proud of. Because yeah, I was. I, that, I said to you earlier, I was like, I think you got it right. You always say that I'm psychic, and I always think it's a marketing ploy. But it's your start- chart. Pisces rising, Pisces North Node. You are actually meant to really realize how fucking psychic you are. Ah! People should listen to me more. Actually, honestly, people should really listen to me more because I give people advice and I tell people what's going to happen, and no one ever fucking listens, and then it happens. Anyway, I listen. I listen. You do. You do. You do. You're the only one. And Nick, usually. Okay. My prediction. I said she's building, she's building a dynasty. Even if it fizzles out and he goes off the rails, she won't talk about it publicly because she wants to be comedy's golden couple. Yeah, Molly, Molly with the win. I just, I'm hopeful when it comes to love. I, I love love. I, you know. Damn. I try to be less cynical because spirit baby medium Jess McCune told me that I came into this world as joy and happiness. Something has shifted since then because I'm cynical ass bitch. But sometimes I'm just sometimes I'm just right. Like, OK. Listen and you know the irony too. side note, her telling me I've never actually been in love is why it's probably why I'm so pro love all these things, because in my mind, I'm like this fucked up relationship could be called love. Right. And I'm like, no, this is fucked up. It's right. also because I also did date someone who was fresh out of rehab once before. So right. I'm like, I've right. seen this. I've been on this ride. Uh, and I know what's going to happen. You know? I mean, I will like, say on a karmic level, it's not good ever to like steal someone's wife. Like she doesn't have good karma in this case because it's not, uh, this wasn't done like uh, above board. Let's not say steal. Let's say Become involved with. Become involved with. Become involved with someone who's not available. Become uninvolved with their spouse yet. Let's Mm -hmm. say that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he went willingly. I'm sure he wasn't stolen. I'm sure he was already cheating with a million people. I think think we know he was. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. 
I just want to go through the statement again that, that the source came from. Their relationship faces uncertainty. They have been imperfect relationship from imperfect relationship from the start. Even though Olivia is going to be a wonderful mother and has great support behind her, uh, Olivia's friends just don't see these two being a couple in a year's time. The couple will. What make does great that parents. mean? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Right, the couple will make great parents. Nobody knows yet if they're going to do that together and apart. So, like, this is exactly what I said. They're not going to talk about openly what's going on. They're going to allude to it through sources. And they're just never going to, I just feel like they're never going to know really where they stand. But I think that I really do think that this was, they both got, well, I think, I don't want to say Olivia got out of it what she wanted, but I do think that her interest was like, I want to have a baby and I want to cement my place in like being a comedian, quote unquote. And which is, I'm quoting ourselves because we said she was a comedian. (laughs) Because a comedian is someone yeah, who the real, said, the real ones know. Right. You said a comedian is someone who can handle a funny script, but like. Meg Ryan, written- Mary Matt Sally, comedian, Anna Faris, scary movie, you know. Comedian. Right. Never wrote, a, never wrote a joke on their own. Just like can do funny sound effects when the script calls for it. So- Aniston, comedian, sitcom. Exactly. So she's securing her place in the comedy firmament by being linked with him for life. Uh, and I think he's, I don't know who's, who's driving the ship for him. I hope that everything's going to be okay, but yeah, like we talked about when he was on Seth Meyers, like he seemed very, um, cagey, cagey, shaky. Well, cause he even said like when he did that big announcement and he was like, I just, I I was afraid to say about the baby. I looked down and looked up cause I was afraid to, to announce it. Right. And he said, he said, Olivia and this baby are saving my life. And I was like, no, you can't be doing that. Because this is the thing. When you date someone who just got out of rehab, speaking of the twin flame conversation, listen to our Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly episode last week. That is what I didn't, I didn't know about the whole twin flame hashtag on Instagram. But when I was dating a rehab guy, but, like, if I did, I would have been, like, we're too in the flames. Right. Like, I ask my friends, like, at the time. They will be, like, yeah, you were fucking insufferable about about, <laughs> about each other, you know? Because totally. you're dating an addict who can't use substances anymore. So they make up this fake relationship in their head that does not exist. And the whole time that I was dating this guy who – was fresh out of rehab. I was like, I know he's a bolter. I know he's going to get over it one day and fucking bolt. And that's exactly what happened. Like Damn. exactly. And I was like, I don't even want to get engaged because I know that he won't show up at the wedding. Like I just was like, Oh man. Is- no, I just was like, it's fun while it's lasting, but I know that this person can't be trusted and he's a fucking hot mess, you know? And I'm sure Olivia Munn knew the same thing. Like she's not stupid. Well, I think you're nailing it though, which is that like, I mean, I think that she's a little off in general. And I don't think she has any girlfriends. That's yeah. I don't. Yeah, these sources are like her her cleaning people or something. No, but it's like um, I I to me I don't. She does she seems like the type without girlfriends. She seems like the type who what you said. I think she cares a lot about 
being seen as comedy adjacent or as part of the community. And I think that like, I do think that she got what she wanted out of this because I think what she had was like a bona fide obsession with John Mulaney that even she was talking about, you know, publicly. On the record. On the record. So I think like for her, she even, I think it's like, if you could just have, like, if she, because she also talked on the record a lot about how she doesn't want to have children. So I think if, like, I think she for did. her. I thought only he did. No, she did too. She made, she did a interview saying, like, I'm 41. I'm really happy with my dogs. They're the loves of my life. And, like, I'm not interested in having a relationship or a child unless, like, they really are going to add to my life. And I'm going to, like, let it just, I'm going to give it to God. And I'm just going to surrender it because I'm not, like, I'm very complete with my two rescues. So, Where was the video? The video you sent me before Olivia Munn's dogs don't know she's pregnant. What the? What was? I didn't watch it, it yet. It was a stupid ass extra extra, and it was Mario Lopez interviewing her about her relationship with her dogs and her new like pet co sponsorship or whatever. What's really funny though is like she sort of hits on hits on him in the interview, which I thought, oh maybe this is just her game, right? Because she's like. He's like, hey, Olivia, like, so great to have you here. And she's like, hey, Mario, it's so funny. I was just talking with friends recently about Saved by the Bell, and we all were talking, like, who was our bigger crush on, Zach or Slater? And they all said Zach, but I said Slater. She's like, so this is a dream come true for me. It's like, bitch, you thirsty. You thirsty, bitch. Yeah, like, what is she? She's doing press about the Petco Petco sponsorship? Doing press. She has, like, a Petco sponsorship. And because, like, dogs now, her dog was diagnosed as depressed, and that's why she got this other dog because – and now that people are going back to work because things are going back to quote-unquote normal, there's a huge push from the Petco corporate community now signed on with Olivia Munn to help with dog depression. But is Olivia Munn going back to work? Because I'm pretty sure she's still coasting on royalties from the newsroom. Well, it's funny because she actually says in the in – it's, it's a boring interview. It's not worth watching. But he's like – she's like, now that we're all going back to work, and so she's like, me, the studio. And it's like, really? First of all, you're pregnant. Second of all, what are you working on? Yeah. Bless. I have like a movie coming out, I guess, Violet. But um, anyway, it's a, it, the interview is, is, yeah, she's just talking about like how much she loves her dogs and like when she found out her dog was depressed and we made her depressed and then she got this other dog. And it's funny too, though, because she's talking about how she picked her dogs. And she said that the second dog she got, all she saw was the back of its head and she knew that was her dog. It's like, this bitch is moving too fast in every single relationship. She's just like, okay, the back of the head, that's my dog. I felt Oscar in utero and was like, that's my dog. Molly. The difference in the intimacy between feeling the dog in utero in real life while you're getting your lashes done is so different than like a rescue page with the back of a random, I don't know. I'm I'm just picking at her for no reason. But one time I saw the back of James Franco's head and I knew it was him. Yeah, but you weren't like, that's him. That's my soulmate. I did get really nervous. I, I think sometimes, you know, from the back of a head. All right. I guess that's where I haven't had, yes, when you know, you, you know. You haven't had the pledge. You haven't I haven't had the, had pledge. the pledge. I'm, I, you know, I've been in the sort of the tradition of forcing things. So I don't really know about that instant love. You're in a monogamous relationship with a cat right now. Yeah, I fucking am, dude. <laughs> it's good. We're fucking making love under the moonlight. But uh, no, it might be the first real love I've, I've really ever had. Um, but anyway. Oh. And very organic. 
you know, came to me. It's like, I'm not chasing anymore. I'm done with chasing. Okay. But anyway, um, what, so, so basically then Mario was like, and, and your kids, the dogs, <laughs> right. Do the kids know that there's a, a you know, a, a growing addition to the family coming very soon? We're all so excited about it. And she's like, you know, it's funny. The dogs have no idea that I'm pregnant. Why would they? They're just like, mom's fat. No, but they're like, the, she's like, the dogs have no idea that I'm pregnant. And she's like, and honestly, I barely even realize I'm pregnant. And it's like, okay, what do you mean, Liv? Interesting. So I think this brings us right into our next discussion, which is she's a cancer son. Uh, same as Erica Jane. Correct me if I'm wrong. You are correct. And I find it really surprising as a cancer because cancer is, of course, the MILF and the mommy of the Zodiac. Yeah. I, I find it very surprising that she would be like, I don't even realize I'm pregnant because it's like, okay, but like you decided to, to like go for this i mean you know let them put it in yeah and you decided to like see it through and like what do you mean you don't know it's it seems the whole thing seems very like both of them definitely know well it's just like two i think she's just trying to be like so casual about it like yeah whether we're together or not whether whether i'm pregnant or not it's all good like again she's that like cool girl persona so she's like, it's good. Yeah, pregnant or schmagnet. Like, I just like, I don't even mind being fat. I forget that it's a baby. It's like, mm. And it's like the time when she said to Jon Stewart, do you think the Holocaust happened? It's like just not a good one. It's just not a good one. I feel like we're shitting on her too much. Like, I feel okay. bad because I don't want to, I want to be clear that it's not like we think that she's some like devil woman that like tempted him away from his wife. I think that this whole situation is a mess. And yeah. I feel bad about it. And but I and just I, think actually it's more that her, she has like bad. She's just one of those. So well, I think the reason that we're personally triggered is as professional stand-up comedians who write shit and perform it, we don't have the like. Oh, if only so and so could be like my follower on Instagram, or if so, we're like doing the the work of. Or I, you know, I haven't been out of the house in years, but like we we're doing that work of showing up and putting your your money, your words where your mouth is, and saying it into a microphone, right? She has, she's like one of those, again, like thirsty waitress at the comedy club that is like just fucking all of the comics and, and now she has a podcast or something where it's like, you don't get to be a comedian just by being in with the, even on this, in the, in the, in the Mario Lopez interview, she talked, he's like, let's talk about your fashion. You're such a fashionista. We all love your fashion so much. And it was like, they pulled up a, a thing where she was presenting with Pat and Oswald and she was like, oh yeah, that's me and my good friend. Oh no, it was a Pat and Oswald. Yeah, that's me and my good friend, Pat and Oswald. It's like, ugh. Oh my God, okay. you're right. It is like, oh so cool. Full on comedy groupie. Groupie. I'm just, yeah, I, I'm annoyed that she's a groupie. And I do think she got what she wanted because she was just obsessed with him and whether or not she was going to be with him was kind of always unknown because I guess he did kind of ignore her DMs for quite some time. So I think locking him in for life, look, if they have a baby together, they're going to be in some kind of a relationship for the rest of both of their lives. So you win. He already made it into the end credits on the Dave Chappelle special. How? Oh, cause she was in the audience. No, there's a photo of her and John Mulaney and Dave Chappelle. Oh, that's right. She's there for have her on record as being there with him for that. She's in heaven in that moment. That that's like, yeah, she's she's climaxing. That is endearing, actually, to me. That like she's literally building like she it is endearing to me. She's so into comedy that she's building her whole life, even her choices of like 
let's have a baby with someone who's been out of rehab for five minutes, like just to be closer into comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you see the comparisons between her and Erica Jane? Because I kind of do. I feel like they're both sort of like uh, obfuscating the truth and what's going on. They're both definitely super protective, like mama bear vibe. Well, you know what the most interesting thing to me is, is like, okay, so in terms of the cancer thing, they're both right. Loki, they're both obsessed with getting what they want. They are controlling the narrative. They are both making mothering and being a mother or being a caretaker a part of this narrative, whether like the relationships work out or not. But what's interesting to me is that their nodes are exactly opposite. So Erica's a south node in Aquarius, north node, or no, Erica's a a south node in Leo, north node in Aquarius. Olivia is a south node in Aquarius, north node in Leo. So it's sort of like Erica needs to start caring more about the victims, more about the others. And Olivia actually needs to tune into herself and stop being so obsessed with like, you know, Gemini rising, south node in Aquarius. Like she has a real, like, um, a real, how do I put it? Like, like default to other setting. And I think she needs to actually get, get closer to Olivia. Whereas I think Erica needs to get closer to the other people. Wow, that's really interesting that they are opposite in that way. And I can totally see it. Is a cancer thing securing the bag? Whether the bag is money or prestige or just anything that you really want to get, like just being like, I'm getting it and I'm clinging to it. Absolutely. I mean, I think that the the sort of underpinning of the cancer ethos is – you know, you're at the bottom of the ocean, you're the dregs. So it's like, if I'm going to be down here at the bottom of the ocean, like, what do I need to feel safe? And because it's so dark down there, it's a very, um, it's a very psychic sign. It's a, if I do so, I myself. It's a sign that has to use their imagination a lot in order like to a get... location, sonar. Yeah, right, exactly. They're using their sonar, uh, their sonar radar to sort of call things in or block things out. They're sort of, they are in the dark. They move sideways instead of straight forward. So that's where it's like when we're talking about cancer manipulation or when you were saying like, oh, Erica's lying. And I'm like, well, she's not lying. She's doing something to protect what she has. Like cancer is all about security, protecting what you have. You know, it's like Scorpio. Uh, Cancer is the fourth house. Cancer is home. It's, it is behind closed doors. It is deeply intimate. It is deeply, um, it is very obsessive. There's a very obsessive quality because it also is the first water sign. So it is that sort of primal, emotional, it's the ocean, right? Like it's tidal wave. It's, it's ruled by the moon. It's chaotic. There's a moodiness to it. So when cancers find something that makes them feel safe or that makes them feel secure, I think when you say, is it about securing the bag? It absolutely is because it's like, what do I need to exist down here in this, in this darkness? What would you say characteristically are the main differences between cancer and Taurus? The differences between Cancer and Taurus, I would say, are that Taurus is more about work. It's more work-oriented, and it's more of a building thing, whereas Cancer... I think they're very compatible signs, because Earth and water, right? But I think, you know, Taurus is about 
luxury, it's about building, is about, uh, you know, work, work a lot, play a lot. It's about relaxation, sensuality. I think Cancer is, but I don't think Taurus is about emotions as much. Taurus isn't a traditionally emotional sign. It's a very physical sign. I see Cancer as a, being a very emotional, heart-centered, um, you know, sort of, uh, more, much more manipulative in general, even though all the dictators, you know, but I think that cancer is much more concerned with feeling a certain way, whereas feeling a certain way emotionally, whereas Taurus is more concerned about feeling a certain thread count under their, under their head. I think Taurus is about working towards decadence yes. and cancer is about manipulating towards survival, but mm-hmm. both of them are about comfort and yes like persisting at the end of the day yes 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 and it's it's about like right it is all about moving towards home and and building i mean you know if you think about it in the zodiac it's like taurus is the foundation of the home cancer is the living room of the home i i thought taurus was the wine cellar of the home it is once the home is built. But if you don't build that home to have a wine cellar, then you're going to have a shitty one from Target and it's not going to have the same zhuzh as actually having it being built there from the... Even if you don't have the money to have all the wine in it, you, a Taurus goes, you know what? Long term, we're going to want a wine cellar. So let's actually put in the blueprint. The Taurus is like the blueprint of the building. Cancer is more the homemaking of the space. I would think that Capricorn is the blueprint and the... No, Capricorn is the public. Okay. Capricorn is the blueprint of what the what the outside will see. It's more like the facade. Okay. It's the okay. colors of the house. It's the shutters. It's what fence. All this in mind. What do you predict now? What's your new prediction? Well, let's take a look at the charts, okay? So I do have both their uh, composite chart and their progressed composite chart up. Okay, so first, let's What's take a look. What's progressed composite chart? So a composite chart is the chart of the relationship. A progressed composite chart is where the relationship is at right now. And what I am finding here is motherfucking fascinating, actually. Wow, I'm just looking at this with you all. You know, hear my surprise. Hear my surprise. Okay. So first of all, let's start with the composite, which is just the chart of the relationship. Why is this ending right now? Well, I'll tell you why. Because number one, Pluto just went direct. It was retrograde. Pluto just went direct on top of their composite, the charts, the relationships moon. So Pluto now is going, okay, we've been like pretending that we've had power leakages or been playing kind of pretend. When Pluto goes direct, it's like everything is coming back into order, like taking back power. Uh, you know, what needs to be purged gets purged. What needs to be rebuilt gets rebuilt. But there's no bullshit when it comes to when Taurus goes, I mean, when Taurus. I can add this. When Pluto goes direct on a, on a relationship's anything, but on a relationship's moon specifically, it's like the relationship's power is being like replugged in. And then it's going to be more obvious what the actual heart of the relationship is. So why did this all come out during a Pluto retrograde period? Because it was like, oh, wait a second. He just fell in love with Olivia. And now she's helping him through rehab. And she's gonna, they're going to have a baby. And he's saving his life. Where now Pluto is direct on their moon going, uh, actually, she's been wanting to trap him. She trapped him. But he is not trapped. Trapped. That's what's really going on in the power dynamic. And the public, Capricorn Moon... 
Pluto and Capricorn, the public is now seeing the truth of the matter because Pluto just went direct. Now, I, I would, I don't think from my PR perspective, I don't think she really cared much about locking him down. I don't think it's a trap him scenario. I am standing by my thing. It's dynasty building. It's Cleopatra. It's, you know what I mean? Queen Mary. It's like Queen Victoria. It's she's like, I want to build a dynasty in the comedy world. And even if he goes and does whatever the hell he wants, as long as I have the Mulaney baby, like I'm part of this world. I want to say I full on agree. Yeah, I guess trapping isn't the right word, but she wanted an in and she wanted to be with him. Like she did want a connection. A trap. It's not trap. It's like she wanted a, 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 a real tangible, physical, now baby gonna do it, but like she wanted a bridge to him. She was always over here looking at him over there trying to have some kind of a real, like obvious connection and she got it, so that's great. But it's not this couple, it's not this relationship that's saving his life as they PR tried to play it. It's like actually, I mean she does, her chart is, you know, she has Venus in Gemini, Gemini rising on you know so she kind of is okay with having like a lot of lovers and a lot of different things going on and she i think i think she was telling the truth and she was like i'm not really i don't really care about baby i don't really care about like husband i don't my dogs are enough i think she's telling the truth about that but i do think she has a particular obsession with being in this scene and she got it right but i think we're seeing the truth and where the power in the relationship actually lies now this is what is fascinating so again we talked about it last week we're gonna talk about it again October 8th, 9th, 10th, there was a very rare conjunction between the sun, Mars, and Mercury retrograde, burning up Mars and beginning a new Mars cycle in Libra relationships. And Mercury retrograde was going backwards, going, oh, okay, uh, once I go direct, which it just did, we're going to have to re, we're going to have to reestablish a couple things, right? In their composite chart, the chart of the relationship, they have their Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Pluto, and Juno, the marriage asteroid, all in Libra. So they might have been faking it until they were like, maybe we'll make it. But mm-hmm. I bet you right after that Libra uh, new moon, it was clear. I mean, that, that they had an exact Mars return. It was clear that their Mars was burning up in the same way that this relationship was fizzling out. And that once Mercury went direct, it is so poetic that now, now we're hearing about it with Mercury direct. And it's like, actually, they're, they're going to be great co-parents. But we don't know if it's going to be together. Is she not saving his life now that he's, he's found her? This is actually the story, which is that she's pregnant. And that's kind of it. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, so, what, do you think they're going to stay together? I think they are... No, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see them together on a red carpet or any or anything ever again. I I feel the exact same. I mean, okay, let's look at the progressed composite for a moment. Uh, this well, and, and just side note, the last thing I'll say is the sun of the composite relationship is in Leo, and the North Node is with the sun in Leo, which is having a, an opposition with Saturn and an opposition with Jupiter. So this is a hard time for any like Leo Leo nine relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So for them to be having this like. The public thinks this, but this is actually what's going on. 
it makes sense that there, there would be a breakup right now. Also, though, the North Node and the Sun of this relationship are in Leo, meaning that, like, for them to actually be here to create a child could, could very well be. And for them to be here, you know, the, the dark side of Leo is, like, fight, is, is passion, but also, like, anger and, and sort of, like, it's not, like, just passion, fire. It's children, childhood, passion, fire, but also, like, selfishness and, and sort of self-aggrandizement. So I can see this being a place for both of them to play that out. Uh, in the progressed composite chart, all of their shit is, you know, they have Mercury, the Moon, and Ceres, the mother asteroid, all in Virgo. So it's basically like, okay, we need to get our P's and Q's in a line or whatever the fucking saying is. We need to get our shit squared. We need to communicate the truth to the public so this doesn't actually hurt our child in the end or get, we don't, you know, something doesn't come out without us being uh, aware of it, right? Like they kind of have to do this properly. But in the relationship, in the composite relationship, I mean, in the progress composite, I will edit this, I promise. But in the progress composite, the, the moon is in cancer, which is like they are in a very emotional part of their relationship. They're in a really moody part of the relationship. And, and they're in a part of the relationship that is, on the one hand, bringing a child into the world. On the other hand, it, it might be super fucking emotional for them right now. And this is like, I, I don't think she's having as easy a time with this as a cancer son as he probably is. He's very yeah. concerned with the optics. I think she is heartbroken. Do I think they're going to get back together? I don't even think they really were together. I think they mm-hmm. fucked a few times and she got pregnant. Hmm. I could see that because yeah, when he was on Seth Meyers, he just wasn't selling it. He wasn't selling what he was saying. He was saying it. The words were coming out of his mouth. He was making the facial expressions that you're supposed to make, but it just wasn't, you weren't I mean- feeling it. What a gross overcompensation to say, I've met a wonderful woman named Olivia and we're going to have a baby and this baby and this woman are saving my life. It's like, um, okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. What about your wife? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure his career is going to be fine because he's a man and, you know, they get to do it, whatever. It's fine. And this gives, actually, I think for her career, I mean, look, Gemini rising, Gemini Venus on her rising. This gives her a story that makes her relevant. Now, when interviewers talk to her, they don't just have to say, wow, two rescues, how fascinating. They can say, hey, John Mulaney's baby. Let's talk about that. This does change her story forevermore. And it is more in alignment with what she wants to be known for, which is being a part of the comedy scene. So I, you know, I think ultimately it's fine. You know, and I think she's dragging him kicking and screaming out from the bullshit facade that he had. Like, we all know, we all, like, obviously we will never know the real, any of these people because they're celebrities and it's not real life and it's all for fun. It's just a fun podcast. Ha 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 ha. (laughs) But like, I think we're a little closer now to knowing what he's really like. And I think that's a good thing. And it makes, I think it's only going to make people like him more and he needs to not hide from that. You want to know something really fascinating? In their sinistry, meaning like when I look at the, when I look at the charts next to each other, like on top of each other, his son and uh, asteroid Lai are exactly conjunct her Jupiter expansion and asteroid child. Oh, I know. I know. And, you know, the other thing, too, is like her Saturn is in Virgo. So I do think part of what's going on here is that like this baby is going to give her life structure and meaning and something to 
I, I think this actually gives her a story that she likes better than just being, you know, blind-itemed as B-list, C-list celebrity who's prego, right? Like, this actually brings her life into a more serious focus. She's now going to be a more serious person, and I think for her own story's sake, this feels like her karma. Good. Well, I think that's great for someone, and, uh, you know, happy Scorpio season. Let's let the skeletons come out and play. Let's. <laughs> yes, let's. Check our merch store. The Sweet But Scorpio merch is always a so top seller. So cool. I want to get some even though I'm not Scorpio. I just want everyone to think I'm Scorpio so they think I'm sexy and shady. I know. I need to get Nick a Sweet But Scorpio thing because as we all know, he is a double Scorp. Love that for him. He leads a life of crime and – Sensuality, but he's like he's, a he's a, but he's a tender lover, and he likes musical theater. I love him. He's a tender sweetie. He uh, is always though pitching crimes to me. Always. Oh, I, I can't wait to all hang out. I know he would never do a crime, but he's always like, "What if we knocked down the wall and built it three feet farther away into the neighbor's apartment?" So that our apartment would be three feet wider and the neighbor would never know. Okay, you know I love a criminal mind and you know I love more square footage. He's a fucking dream. Good job. You Happy Scorpio in. season. Everyone in London is invited to my Halloween party. What's coming? Sarah's gatekeeping Halloween. I will be holed up in the bathtub doing witchcraft with my cat. Space trash. Trash in space. Space Trash. Lifestyles. The rich and your race. Space Trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> <laughs>